0: Nerds International proudly presents
1: Hello, and welcome to the 3 T RPG podcast. My name is Harrison Blunt, and with me is Nick Lamley. Where am I? And today we have a special guest, Owen Lean. This podcast is all about tabletop RPGs, and today we're going to be talking things, all things Deadlands. But before we do that, I just want to mention, actually, speaking of paying to be here, Nick and I are starting a dark army, and we intend to dominate at least half the world, innit? well we, uh, yeah
2: we're uh, we'll start with South London and then take Surrey and take it from there hopefully from there yeah
1: yeah yeah yeah, um basically our patreon we finally actually got round to doing tiers for it, so you can be a bone guy a necromancer, a dark lord no a dread lord, dread lord. or a uh, or a lord of the devil kings um and that means that that depending on what you pay you're going to be at a different rank in our horrific army and we're actually gonna actually going to conquer real real areas ladies and gentlemen um but yeah so what i want to do and i'm going to do this at the beginning of every episode from now on i'm going to thank all the dreadlords and devil kings um julian burnick and ryan Wahab are the current two at those ranks they are they they are high ranking members in our army oh yes good for them and of course i want to shout out all the necromancers and bone guys too you know who you are um welcome yeah, to the would. welcome to the army. Um, mm-hmm. Just, just keep keep your weapons sharpened. We, we'll have instructions for you soon. Keep your wits about you. Yeah, in, in yeah it. that's it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. In case any of those um, adventurers come knocking.
2: Oh yeah, and then we'll have a code word, and when that code word's said,
1: you know it's time. Jenga.
2: <laughs> Don't say you hear it the yet. Word Jenga?
1: <laughs> you... Oh, sorry. Uh... Oh, well, it's too late now. You better ring Julian. <laughs> Um, right, so today we're going to have um, some segments, right? I know, I know oh, it's yeah. unorthodox, but we're going to fucking do it. Um, we've got <laughs> What You've Been Slaying, where we talk about what we've been playing. We've got the main subject, which this time is going to be Deadlands. Although, because Owen is now the proud father of two children, it's going to be Dadlands.
0: Oh, Dadlands. <laughs> very nice. You, you having that one? Yeah.
1: And then we're going to finish with some Electro Letters, where we solve your RPG problems. Oh, Should we talk about wrong? what we've been playing?
0: Oh, yeah. I'd like that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. These. Oi. yeah. What you slaying? Okay, so first up, uh, we finished our uh, bloody Fallout ICRPG campaign. It uh, went pretty well. the whole The whole thing. Um, you know, for those that don't know, ICRPG is a uh, kind of OSR type game. Very simple. You level up by getting loot. Loot gives you abilities and so on. And I think that's why it fat the Fallout world so well. Um, so yeah, we we finished this up. Nick was playing a uh, super smart super mutant and oh, yeah. uh, essentially the, the very final mission they, the whole thing was them trying to get a water purification trip to deliver to a vault so that the vault would let them in and they would have safety basically um, they ended up getting the chip having to uh, uh, journey through the wasteland to get to the Brotherhood of Steel who had it in the end
0: and please what tell was, me the vault just uh, didn't let them in I, I really hope that's what happened
1: well yeah you'll, you'll see you'll see because it was pretty funny um, okay so the yeah, there was, the, what it was was to go to get to the Brotherhood of Steel. I had this mission where I used, you know, I don't know if you guys are aware of like the uh, when you're going to on roll twenty, you can have this like um, line of sight vision mechanics that you can do where you block out areas of the map so that you can only see what your character no, sees with
0: dynamic lighting and all that. Yeah, um,
1: it's pretty cool actually, and uh, yeah, basically uh, they they it was a mission to navigate through some caves where there were my and things like this, and the way I sort of got them to go through the caves is there was an earthquake and there was like this huge river of mutated radiated water between them and the other side so they had to go underground anyway what was pretty funny was instead of trying to go through the fucking cave they tried to vault their car across um, <laughs> by driving over a ramp and um, brilliant a supercar may i add yeah i mean it was a good fucking car but what was pretty funny? It is was we battered. Did, it was it was on one HP this car. So it was
2: it was it was on borrowed time anyway. We were like, do you remember when we were like, right, let's uh, well we could say it'd be one big hurrah for it, and then it rolled to see if it could hear that, and it didn't. <laughs> we just told him it was going for a big jump.
1: Yeah, the car was trying to listen, and then they were like, right, let's oh, do one man. last thing. We do with the car, and the car's like, what'd you say? No, like, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> what was funny though was that yeah we did the, we did the jump as a skill challenge. so you had to get three successes before three failures and they got three failures just right out the gate. And um, yeah, clapped into yeah, the water.
2: Yeah.
1: I just straight up. I didn't even get them to roll con. I just, I just said, right, we're rolling mutations for everyone, and then you get a chance to swim out. So some people got two because they failed to swim out as well. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> it yes, was really please. funny. And because Nick was playing a super mutant, he just, he just straight walked out of the river and he was fine. But yeah, so, um, the no best problems. one was that there was a, a sort of cowboy esque character called um, Ray McGriff on the team, and he straight away got fatty reservoir, so he became so fatty fat that he lost. Yeah, and uh, that was, that's now my new rapping name, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he became so fat, he lost three decks, then lost an arm and lost a further three decks. So he was basically useless <laughs> at shooting at that point. And he was really, really gigantic. Everyone just yeah. turned into these hideous monstrosities. People grew tails, giant teeth. It was fucking, it was amazing. Oh, my character was looking at him and was just like, what? Yeah, yeah. Well, you, your guy was pretty handsome for a super mutant. We found no, this yeah, picture because no. he was a smart superman. We found this picture online of this. This it was just a bloke, but with green skin, wearing glasses, and he was quite <laughs> handsome.
0: Yeah. yeah. So presumably <laughs> he came knocking on the vault door, looking like rejects from flipping the Adams family.
1: Pretty much, yeah. It was it was it was literally like that. And uh, yeah, well, anyway, to to cut a long story short, yeah, they were fucking hideous. Um, but they, you know, they bargained their way in, and they got got they got the chip basically. And they obviously did it forcefully because they're players, you know, and ended up fighting the Brotherhood. Of still, when they came out, all the people that they've wronged thus far in the Wasteland had tracked them down. And they had this yeah, big right fight God. with, you know, like, like the, the people from the wrestling match that they fucked over, <laughs> and some gangsters, like loads and loads of people were there. But as you correctly predicted, Owen, they got back to the vault and the vault just took the chip and didn't let them in. Um, and I so, mean, considering
0: what they look like, I kind of don't blame them at that point. Well, yeah, exa- exactly. They're monsters. Was that racist of me? It might have been racist. <laughs> Calm down, mate. <laughs> legit, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: it was Simperiors. funny, though, because uh, yeah, well, our friend Ryan, his character, um, she uh, grew, grew such massive teeth that she would need to roll charisma every time to see if anyone would understand her when she was speaking. <laughs> um, but yeah, they en- ended the game with them basically trying to smash the vault door down, and yeah, that thing can withstand a nuclear blast. But yes, I threw the players a little bit of a bone and they did get through and slaughter everyone inside.
2: And <laughs> no, not me. I went back to wrestling.
1: Yeah, he did, actually. That was pretty awesome. So, I mean, <laughs> I, overall, that, that was pretty much the campaign. And it was a, a little mini one, seven episodes. And I... I I personally had had a lot of fun with it. I, I don't know about you, Nick. What did you think of ICRPG? Now you've had a proper go. Oh, I loved at... it.
2: Yeah, I absolutely loved it. And I think RC, ICR, RC, ICRPG works really well online because it's quite low work, um, especially with an online kind of game. It um, flowed really well. It was easy. It was really, really good fun.
1: That was why I picked it because you don't really have skills in this game. You just have stats. And, exactly. And, you know, different amounts of effort depending on what type of task you're doing, which is basically yeah. damage, but... Yeah, and I think for, for Fallout, and if anybody's like like umming and ahhing about the online thing, I do think ICRPG is a very, very good choice. And uh, yeah, it's a great, great book as well. And the Fallout hack um, is pretty cool because one of the big things about ICRPG is it comes with index cards and little paper minis. And um, you, if you buy the book, you get all of that stuff free. And of course, the per- the people that made the Fallout one also included a bunch of that stuff in there. So throughout mm-hmm. the game, I had really cool fucking tokens for everything. Because yeah, it was so- really nice,
2: and it was awesome to be able to represent it on the on the little digital board. And um, yeah, it's just a fun. Even if you're not a Fallout fan, I would definitely say try it out because the world's really great. Um, one of the things um,
1: uh, I, I will say as well is is. Um, if you got Roll20 and, and you're using that it, it, use the line of sight stuff as well because it's something that's very mm. difficult to do in a tabletop but works really well virtually And I made it so that they could only see what their characters could see in this horrible cave and people would turn corners and it for example there was a character called Jack Jackson and he turned a corner and went what the fuck is that <laughs> oh my <God. laughs> no one could say <laughs> but, yeah because what it was what it was by the way listeners, was a rad crab and he just turned the corner oh. and, and had seen it and he was like what the fuck is that but he because he was playing it so well he didn't Say he did. He did conform to the tropes of horror and just go right. I've seen this, everyone. <laughs> um, <laughs> Where the fuck yeah. is that?" And nobody could <laughs> see it at that time. So they were dashing madly into the and
0: dark. If you're going to do a kind of like a mega dungeon thing, it will just take it up to the next level. It really will. Um, there was a similar moment. It, it just just creates these amazing moments. There was one bit when I was running the uh, downtime scene for the Deadlands LARP, which I had to start doing over roll twenty because I uh, moved. which made in person a bit difficult and they were exploring a crypt of some sort and for some reason i'm not too sure why um a character played by johnny sims who's the writer of the very popular um magnus archives podcast and a professional gamer now um went off on his own turns into an area and is just confronted with this gigantic Gigantic monster. He is playing a completely non-combat character. I immediately go to initiative. They are miles away and I have no idea where he is. And it's just uh, for the next two minutes, there's a sound of just go- Johnny going, I'm so sorry, everybody. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. It was a marvellous time. <laughs> yeah. Totally That's what it. I'm talking about, man. Boom.
1: Successful. let about a little system by a little guy called Monty Cook. Monty Cook, and he made a little game called Cipher. And then Nick Sorry. picked up. Uh, he's he's doing uh, he's doing his own version of a sort of uh, indie game called The Destiny Game. <laughs> Nick, Bitty tell up. us about your uh, <laughs> tell us about
2: your campaign. Um. So yeah, I uh, wanted to. I've always wanted. To, well, I've been a Destiny fan and player since when it launched. Destiny One. I've always loved the game, and and the world's got a lot of depth to it, a lot of lore and stuff, and it's quite. A deep world and, a, and me and Harrison have chatted about it before and Harris has just said you know it's basically just a fantasy game in space which it pretty much is so that I thought well try it out as a um, RPG I bet it would be quite interesting so I thought I'd give it a go luckily I found some support for it and was able to get some bits and pieces together as well but um, yeah I'm just going to p- kind of play an open world sandboxy Destiny game in the kind of um, as a you know not nod to the video game and um Hopefully use a lot of that deep lore and stuff that something like even as a player like I play don't really pay too much attention to and kind of uh, see if it really works in a in an RPG. It's pretty good. well, I hope it works. I don't know <laughs> at the moment.
1: Yeah, well the system that you um the the, the destiny hack is for is Numenera, but I mm-hmm. believe it uses the same system as Cypher, isn't it? Cypher's just yeah, the open exactly. version. That's exactly um, it. So yeah. I, I enjoyed the first episode really a lot. The thing is, what what it was cool was that it started off with a um, with like a cutscene that Nick did of this ghost, so there's these little floating robots called ghosts. They help you to respawn, to pick up items. Um, shit like this, and yeah, we had this little ghost floating around. Had the Destiny music on in the background, this ghost was floating around, sort of scanning this planet where a bunch of uh, skeletons were laying around, and uh, it was reviving them and that, that was us and it was bringing them back, infusing them with the light of the traveller, which I don't know what mm-hmm. that is at the moment and uh, yeah, <laughs> that he was he was basically bringing us back to life and um, yeah, we, we got our ghosts so we have our own little personal tiny robot dudes and uh, yep. we, we were brought back to life and told that we need to go and defend the last vestiges of humanity kind of things and we had to kind of make our own way back to the tower which is like the main hub and yep. it was really, really cool and really atmospheric. Thanks, and what mate. I like about oh, Cypher is the um is that it's more about um clever descriptions and um planning moves in in that sense rather than yep. rather than a that bunch of very um, cool. mechanics. And the the mm-hmm. support on roll twenty for cipher oh, is very really fucking good as well. Yeah, the sheet's lovely. Lovely. lovely.
0: No, it, it sounds awesome, and it's great that Roll Twenty have it um, so well supported. I've been hearing what you've been saying about the Savage Worlds issues with the with the character sheets on there, and I mean, I, I when I started using Roll Twenty, they didn't have character sheets or anything like that, um, and I found it reasonably easy because we just tried to um, simulate tabletop as as. Quick as similarly as possible, um, so yeah. What I should probably do a video of something t- 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 for the Savage Worlds group or something, saying this is this is an easy way of doing it or whatever.
1: Yeah, because see, you, you've got like macros and things like this. Because I know, yeah, Nick, you've run Destiny before in Savage Worlds, but I guess you kind of felt like Cipher was a good fit for it.
2: Well, yeah, I thought it would be. It's because it's quite a, uh, a, game about discovery, cypher especially, and a, a lot. It's a, a kind of rules uh, like, well, not rules. Yeah, it's pretty rules light for the GM. I mean, the GM doesn't roll at all for starters, and I thought it would be a nice fit for online play as well, because obviously we had to kind of change over to online. Um, and I, <clears throat> I just, yeah, I think that the the kind of world and stuff will lend itself really well to cypher. It's one of them um, kind of games where I think the descriptive and kind of joint storytelling and stuff is going to be really cool, especially with all the super special moves that all, like all Guardians can do and all that. But I really want to kind of bring another side to it than just the game where you go and obviously defend humanity because at the end of the day, they are people. So I'm hoping that there'll be, with the tower being kind of an open space, there's going to be a lot more than just doing good missions for humanity. There'll also be like, you know, there's no reason why a Guardian who's got his day job might also have a side hustle. You know, who knows, whatever. But it'd be quite interesting. Awesome. Well, I'm hoping that I was kind of develops...
1: Cause... The character that I'm playing, like he's an EXO and doesn't necessarily remember his past. So, but he keeps getting these flashbacks of a, a horrible thing he did in his past. And I mm-hmm. wanted him to be a pilot, but he he's he's lost his ability to fly, and he's going to try and get it back. So I was thinking maybe awesome. when uh, when we're in the tower, I might try and take flying lessons or something. Oh, absolutely,
2: yeah. Well, there'll be areas to do all of that. That's the thing. There, oh, there should That's be brilliant. bits everywhere for all different types of. Um things that the players want to do and that's how i hope it'll work
1: but i stole a little quirk off of a uh, character i once played with in an rpg where um he never does anything without doing his in in air quotes pre-flight checks and so (laughs) he's he's all about safety that's his thing and so there's a point where i was trying to i was trying to launch somebody up onto a uh, onto a higher surface give him a boost like um, uh, by him stepping on my hands and me flinging him up, and I was doing all these pre-flight checks, and the other guy was was getting really annoyed. I was I was like, um, "Got all That's your gear amazing. strapped on," and he's like, "Yes, yes, yes," and I'm like, <laughs> "Assume the position," and he puts his hands above his head, and I'm like, "Okay," and I do I was doing all these weird checks um, just before I flung him upwards.
0: Oh, just let me fill out my health and safety report. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah.
1: literally like that. Oh, he's putting uh, um, Percival's cracking.
0: That's a character that was begging. For your, to be voiced by your Alan Partridge um, impression, Harrison, You know I'm just saying. I should I should definitely do that. I have to say, of all the systems I've heard you guys review recently, Cipher is by far the most fascinating for me. I think it sounds like a really excellently done uh, rules-like system. It's
1: cool. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, yeah, I think you would like it, um, Owen, because it's it, it's it, the thing is it's all about sort of setting up your role and then and then rolling it, and as also Nick doesn't need to roll, so it's pretty pretty good because all you do is is help help players along yeah i mean it's cool it's
2: a little bit of a learning curve um if if you've played a lot of normal like more um traditional systems for a while like we have um but i think it's it's once you actually put it into practice it was it got it was flowing quite quick towards the end would not it h so yeah
1: yeah and i i but i actually don't think it's that different to everything that you know but you i think you 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 kind of think about it differently because of the way the game's set up all it is yeah. is, a, is a D20 game, but um, mm-hmm. you you can change the difficulty using certain things. That's all it is. And it's it's no different than, say, D&D, because you know, you've know, you got this sword that gives you a plus bonus, but you might be at a minus because of the darkness or whatever. Mm-hmm. And the, the big difference, I feel, is that there's the GM intrusions and in player intrusions. So the G, GM might intrude and be like... Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that actually one we had in this game was that we were we opened this box and then we st- we saw a timer going off. It was full of guns, and I was like, "Fuck, I'm gonna try and um, uh, I'm gonna try and uh, uh, like stop the timer basically because we think yeah. it's a bomb. I'm gonna try and disarm it." And um, Nick's yeah, Nick basically that was the GM intrusion. He's like, "Okay, you open the box, but I'm gonna say there's a timer going off on it, and if you take it, I get two XP and I get to give one to somebody else. But if I don't take it, then I lose the XP." It costs you an so XP It costs you yeah. one XP mm-hmm. so.
0: It reminds me a lot of Exalted The way that you have to fit You have to sort of describe all the stuff mm. um, Descriptively But so much simpler Because I love playing Exalted Because everything was stunts And um, you know you were encouraged to make things As dramatic and wild as possible But every time you wanted to do anything you had to spend about five minutes looking it up in the rules because everyone was at such a ridiculous power level and <laughs> all the rules were so convoluted
1: well if you want something like that Owen that's not that's not overly convoluted yeah it's
0: actually you, playable yeah that sounds brilliant yeah, oh, yeah. yeah
2: look, um, like like all damage is kind of just put into really broad brackets and uh, and weaponry as well it's just you know small medium large and that's it and it's a set amount of damage every time but it's the it's the flavor and the trappings that make it interesting
1: yeah yeah exactly um, and and I, I, I'm, I'm really Enjoying it. We'll we'll have more, cool. more on that next time. But basically all mm-hmm. we all we did in this game was we kind of fought and explored our way back to the tower and uh yep. and then we're gonna come, become proper guardians.
2: Ooh.
0: There you go. Sold. Bought it. Oh amazing.
1: Right, well there you thanks. Go. Well, Monty <laughs> oh, Cook there you go. we we deserve a, a cut Monty out, Cook they right? owe you. Yeah, can you we have a bit of commission one. for that? Yeah. That's that's living proof <laughs> that we've we sell extra games via this podcast. So Monty <laughs> we're gonna come and knock in. We don't wanna have to send the boys <laughs> around but
2: Oh, no. Don't have Skeleton Army round.
1: <laughs> well, exactly. Yeah. They're, mu- they're multiplying. Um, so, <laughs> Owen, you-, you tell me what you've been playing this week.
0: I'm running a Deadlands Hell on Earth game called The Toxic Sisters, which is about an all-female biker gang in the uh, in the Wasted West. I'll say more about Hell on Earth when we talk about Deadlands. But they are coming north- towards the end of their campaign. Um, it is based on... On the harvest, which is a very big plot point from classic Hell on Earth, but I'm redoing it. I'm doing it my way. I'm giving the players a lot more agency in it. Actually, because the main battle um, of the harvest, when it came around in the setting, you would you were there, but mostly you were staying alive while all the dramatic events happened around you. Mm. And there was a reason for that because they were trying to get past it quickly onto the main bit of that adventure, which was the journey to Banshee. I'll talk more about that when we talk about uh, Deadlands Lost Colony later. Anyway, they're moving towards that, and it's going to be amazing. Um, And the last thing that happened was one of them tried to do a vision quest to look into the hunting grounds, which is sort of the spirit world, and try and find out where the Servitor, which is a... Or where a servitor, sorry, which is sort of a a bad guy who has decided to dedicate their lives to one of the really big bad guys, the dark gods that were, um, where this particular servitor of Famine was. And uh, then that particular servitor of Famine um, appeared to them, and then Famine appeared to them and said, oi, go away. You're annoying me, basically. I've got to and, be honest. Um, I, no, no, I don't this insatiable under- hunger. Shut
1: up, Owen. Shut up. Right. Yep. I've got to Shut be honest. Down. I don't know uh, what any of this means. I'm sure it will come up later, <laughs> should, should we... <laughs> so stay tuned. But I don't know what a to of families is. I don't even know what a Deadlands is.
0: Do you <laughs> want me to start this again and just do a really quick version of this? That's fine. Um, uh, Would that be good?
1: What about female? What's a female? No, go on. Yeah, do, do, a, um, female do, do a quicker version.
0: <laughs> yeah, okay. So... I'm running a few things right now. <laughs> I'm slaying a few things right now. Nice. Firstly, I run a Deadlands Hell and Earth game, which is sort of a post-apocalyptic thing, um, and that's going very well. Uh, my campaign's called The Toxic Sisters, and it's basically an all-female biker gang in Deadlands post-apocalyptic future. Nice. Very cool. Nice. And, I'm playing in an ETU game when I get the flipping chance, um, which is run by my friend Dan Brown, who you, Harrison, will remember from when you were playing with us. Pantheon Tower. Yes, at I, I know Dan the, very well. Uh, I mean,
1: he's a very good book, guy, yeah. but
0: he writes a terrible book, I'll put it that way. Oh, the, the, the Da Vinci Code <laughs> yeah, here, yeah, yeah, I'm sure he's
1: never um, heard that before. <laughs> like every day, I think, pretty much, because <laughs> he spells it the same as well. Take that, Dan. Yeah. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah, ha-ha. Um, but yeah, he's running a really cool um, E.T.U. game, which is actually, funnily enough, also set in the world of Deadlands. He's uh, he's plonked it out of one universe and into another, and working that together. And it's very cool. Well, so it's, it's kids and at school then... shooting each other.
1: Don't they call that America? <laughs> oh God!
0: <laughs> Not comment on that one. Yeah,
1: <laughs> um, but no, yeah good idea. Good idea. Uh, it's.
0: It's set in a version of Deadlands that um, is sort of the future of the LARP that I ran, where the hunting grounds has closed, so um, there's no magic and stuff around, or not really. Mm. So it's very much still ETU, just more kind of in that, um, with that thing as a potential backstory. That's East Texas University, for those who don't know. Yes, exactly, East Texas University, which is another amazing Savage World setting. And I, um, of course, ran two games at SavageCon, which are fantastic. And I apologise for not sending in a letter to you guys about the awesome moments that happened. But unfortunately, I uh, I forgot. Well, one of your <laughs> players actually enough.
1: sent in, a, uh, sent in a, um, a, a moment from the game. It's an upcoming setting that you're working on, isn't it, called Spies?
0: Mm, absolutely, yeah. Um, Supernatural and Paranormal International Espionage Service. So it's sort of... Uh, um, yeah, um, X Files meets James Bond basically is the idea. When that comes um, out, though, um,
1: I... do you think that you'll be releasing a um, supplement for it, with uh, where you play as a countercultural terror organisation called Lies? <laughs> <laughs> I,
0: I, when I heard you say that, I just thought I, because ha- I actually have quite a few already built up of sort of the uh, um, the evil organisations, um, like. Uh, um, and they all abbreviate to, to things like that. There's the messenger of uh, of Tani Hotep, who are basically international crime ring of mummies. That is um, awesome. And there, of course, the abbreviation there is Moth. But yeah, like, there has to be something called Lies now. I have to do that. There's no two ways about that. Fantastic. Maybe, um, maybe, maybe, maybe if you back the Kickstarter a decent level, you can also you could also be the head of Lies. Eh, don't push your luck. Look. <laughs> yeah. Sorry I forgot you would need money for that, wouldn't you? <laughs> exactly. But yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, um anyway, running games at Savage Con was freaking amazing and uh, it always is because you get such a great group of people in the Savage Worlds community whether or which and and doing it online meant we had people from all over the place, which was just awesome.
1: So we also uh, like to uh, you know talk about gets on this. I know we're running long on the uh, what you've been saying here, so I'm just going to d- just quickly mention a couple of things I bought. Um, this in the last couple of weeks, I've got uh, so I've been pretty obsessed with uh, tunnels and trolls recently. That's my latest obsession, and okay. this game is like pretty well. It's, it's very big in Japan. Uh, aside from Sword World, it's like the second biggest RPG there and they've just recently released a, a book of the uh, Tunnels and Trolls Japanese adventures not all of them but like a selection from their magazines and stuff Oh very cool and um yeah they've been translated into English obviously and I've I've been I've been reading the TNT adventures Japan it's fucking awesome um any good just to give one example it's very it's, it, the, the cool thing about this book is that uh, TNT works really well with solo adventures as well so if you want to do that like and play... <coughs> Um, RPGs by yourself during lockdown—that's something you could do, um, mm-hmm. and it is pretty cool like that. And and but the one of the the first adventure that's in the book is pretty fucking funny because there's this um, uh, there's this guy who gifts his daughter a, a necklace for her birthday that can help her transform into a cat. Without, uh, he, she opens the gift, Right, she's so excited she puts it on instantly, then gets scared that she's become a cat, runs away and as she's running, a troll sees the fluffy cat, takes a liking to it and takes it her back to his lair. And so you have to rescue this oh, girl that's transmogrified into a cat from the lair of a troll and to get in, there's uh, an air conditioner that's been installed in the rocks of the cave so you can uh, shrink yourself down to a tiny size and jump through the fan of the air conditioner.
0: <laughs> that nice. is so cool. It's bizarre, that's man. It's really weird. I was
1: fun. like, I expect no less from Japan. To be perfectly honest. Well.
0: Don't you like read and understand Japanese anyway? I thought you're a proper Weibo, or you're just one of those part-time Weibo. I'm a part-time weebos? I am a part
1: time weebo, i do not even like anime anymore. Oh. I am, so yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, that, that's the fault
0: that other podcast of yours, wasn't it? Ruined it. Yeah, yeah.
1: But yeah. It's, um, so <laughs> the thing I really like about Tunnels and Trolls is that there's this kind of cool combat system where. You just roll your weapon and all of your combat adds, which is like your bonuses, basically from your stats. You roll all of that into a big pool, and then the enemies do it. And the loser, um, they basically have to, that they're the ones that get hit in that round, and they the the amount okay. that they get hit is the winner minus the loser um and they take that many hit points and you divide it between the monsters and if the players lose the round they take all the damage and they divide it up between them so they can be like trying to save each other trying to take a minimal amount of damage that type of thing and it's it's quite cool the way it's got a lot of strategy to it but essentially small battles are handled exactly the same way big battles are so you could do huge fucking fights in the game
0: very easily so
1: it seems fucking awesome
0: that's that's very cool yeah i like that
1: yeah, it's cool. And uh, but that is about it for what we've been slaying this week. Uh, sorry, this one ran a bit long. But let's let's talk about some deadlands. That's why we got Owen on here. That sounds good. Main subject: ma- ma- magic. Main subject: Tokyo. Main subject. subject, subject. us the elevator pitch of what Deadlands is. Is it good? Can it be used as a wall insulation?
0: Well, um, yes. So, Deadlands then is... Let's see. Now, it goes back to the early 90s, I believe. But, as an elevator pitch, it is cowboys and weird stuff. What? It's the Weird West. If Imagine that H.P. Lovecraft had written Blazing Saddles. Okay, right. That's... Or at least when i'm running it that's what it's like
1: okay cool so yeah when you say weird stuff what do you mean is it like things like uh so dp
0: i mean at at a base level it's <laughs> um, it's you know <laughs> things that go bumping on god almighty sorry sorry carry on mate <laughs> It's all right. I know, I know. I don't know how you manage it. You have to put up with them every oh, week, mate. No, eh? no, no. Do you know what it is? <laughs> yeah. Do you know what it is? Why I'm being
1: a bit more silly than I usually am? It's it's because it's because I didn't have to produce this episode. This is Owen's episode where he's talking about deadlands, and I think I think I feel like it's a bit yeah. like my week off.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah you'll do, you you're have doing have my to job. You have write a load of stuff down. Yeah, <laughs> <That's> exactly. <right. laughs> so yeah, it it is a it's a horror setting in um, the Wild West, basically. Amazing. To put it simply.
1: So, um, yeah. but before we get into actually what the game is like, let's talk about how we got to the one we're at at the moment. Because ca- the current mm. version of Deadlands is uh, Deadlands Deluxe, note reloaded
0: for Savage Worlds Deluxe, right? But how <laughs> did... How did... That, well, technically yes, but the the current version in will be in about a week and a half or so, the brand new... Deadlands: The Weird West for Savage Worlds Adventure Edition. Nice, nice. Because they are currently kickstarting it now, and they're at four hundred thousand versions at the moment. I think oh. yeah, dollars. Yeah, the so, so the
1: Kickstarter is doing doing extremely well, and we will get on to that at the end and, and how to do it. But do you know sort of like the the history of the game and how 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 it came to be?
0: Yeah, I mean it's a it's a very long history. Um, it started in ninety four um, when Shane and uh, believe um, he worked in a partnership to begin with, um, got together and formed this basic sort of setting of a world in, or an alternative history, more to the point, world where things are exactly as we know them up until uh, about um, 1863. And then things go a little strange at that minor blip in American history called the Battle of Gettysburg, um, which, you know, I mean, in fairness to America, you know, they, they, they take a few things like the Battle of Gettysburg and so on and make them really, really important, but they don't really have much history to go with, if we're being honest, you know, mm. it's not like us who have thousands and thousands of years in a castle on every street corner, you know, we've we got to let the Americans have that. But, um, and then history diverges, and things get a little bit strange. But when it first started, it was just this very simple book with that very um, with that iconic image on the cover, and they didn't reveal who that iconic image was until way later on. So um, there was a lot of planning going into the setting from the very beginning, and only little bits were sort of revealed as the Splat books came out, which. In those days, was the way of doing things. Mm. Uh, if you uh, if you've played any of the old um, White Wolf stuff, werewolf and uh, and vampire and all that, the sheer volume of books that were released then was uh, was astronomical. You know, um, and you know, in a way, it kind of had to be because that's the only way you could really make money in the role playing game industry was to be completely prolific. So
1: originally, it was um, it was just called Deadlands of the Midwest. It its own system, right? yes.
0: Yeah, it did. And the system was um, was based around playing cards and dice. It had a very cool character creation system which involved you playing, uh, drawing cards out of the deck. This, of course, was back in the day when you always rolled for character creation. You didn't have point-by systems, really. Because um, it was it was 94, then the, the storyteller system isn't even out yet at that point, I don't think. Um, Vampire didn't really have a system out until um, 95, until, um, I think. But I could be wrong. And yeah, you um, you then had your stats and your skills. And your stats determined what dice you rolled, and your skills determined how many of those dice you rolled. So, say you had a, um, a d8 in agility, and you had four points of shooting. If you had to do a shooting roll, you would roll 4d8, and you need to get a success. Which would... Um, which would be different depending on the target number, and you had specific target numbers in the book, going from, uh, going. From, I can't remember what the word was for very easy, but I believe it went all the way up to onerous, because everything was in kind of Western slang. You didn't have shooting, you had shootin' with an N and an apostrophe after it, etc. Yeah,
1: like I remember it said in the original Deadlands, instead of just making heroes, it said making heroes.
0: Exactly, yeah.
1: It's cool, it's edgy.
0: And... And then they had this amazing idea for um, for wizards, as it were, the sort of wizard variation, which was called hucksters, and these were people who uh, got power from demons by imagining a game of cards they played with them. And the the actual full on lore is actually really quite complicated because they're not actually doing that; they're just sort of having a battle of wits. But they but a huckster envisages it as a dec- as a as a game of poker, and all the spells that you cast in the original system, you had to actually play poker against the games master. Oh God! And how well, and how well you won by, um, dep- um, resulted in how powerful the spell was, which was really cool, but a bit on the slow side. So he went from that
1: that version of the game to eventually becoming the sort of flagship
0: setting for Savage Worlds, right? Indeed. And Savage Worlds itself came out of Deadlands via a kind of roundabout route because as you know, as I've already said Deadlands was first its own system and its own little setting and then um, Shane, who is also very into war games, created a war game out of it called um, The Great Rail Wars which was based on one of the sort of ongoing plots of the Deadlands setting.
1: So is Starlight Express based in the same universe? (laughs) <laughs> no the great train wars the great rail wars a bunch of trains fighting trains on. that have big fights yeah <laughs> but they have to stay on the rails oh shit here comes Thomas
0: <laughs> with the big punch <laughs> the next
1: stop is death
0: you're not going to let me finish this now, are you? Sorry. <laughs> it's, it's only fair. I interrupted you a lot in the last section. You interrupt me now. It, it, what goes around comes around. I, I don't care. I'm just a human being with feelings. Um, Here, comes so, <laughs> Here comes Thomas. You're fucked. Yeah, I think definitely uh, an adventure where you're taking on a theatre company of, um, of mad scientists who are running this sort of production all on steam-powered roller skates. That awesome. <laughs> That's <laughs> yeah. also Steam-pong pretty fucking disco. good. Right,
1: so yeah, cool. Deadlands starts off. It's its own system. It uses cards. It uses poker chips. Then Shane Hensley goes, hang on, nobody's nobody's playing this. Nobody, right? So I'm going to make it an open system called Savage Worlds, that, and a lot of that stuff is left over. That's why we still use initiative cards for Savage Worlds.
0: No. Bit more complicated than that, like I say. They created this um war game called the Great Rail Wars and had a much more simplified version of the Deadland system in it, where instead of having a whole number of dice represented by the stat and so on, you would have just one dice and you would also roll a wild die. Which would always right. be a D six.
1: Just one that you found outside court with a little net, like a wild die.
0: Exactly yeah a wild one just a wild one you go out there you catch yourself a wild dice and uh, and and tame it and use it, Less of the it thing and uh they found out it was a really good system and Shane realized actually this would be would be much better as a tabletop system for, for what we're doing with with deadlands and that's where savage worlds came about and right from that te- deadlands got converted to deadlands reloaded so
1: that's that and that's the one that's currently out but now they're kickstarting the, the new one and we'll get on to the new one later but the now we've gone through um the sort of history tell us about the world so we know this is a this is a world yeah. where it's western right but there's there's ghosts right and also there's <laughs> people with. with big steampunk weapons so tell us about the world of deadlands what is it right. and why
0: exactly yeah so in Core Deadlands setting, which will, because there are several other Deadlands settings now, um, but in the core one, which is set in the in the Weird West, as they call it, um, it started. The timeline for it started in '73, and it is now '84. It will be in the in the new version. 1984. It's like uh, 1884. Right. Like I say, history is exactly the same up until the Battle of Gettysburg, or as far as you know, it's exactly the same. There's some stuff that went on in the Dark Ages, but we'll come back to that. But at the Battle of Gettysburg, things go slightly weird. Apparently, people who were there at the battle say they saw the dead soldiers get up and keep on fighting. Ghosts. They saw strange, uh, strange phenomenon happening. They saw um. Zomboid. Uh. They saw people dying in just excruciating ways in this area of fear spreading over the battlefield. But no one really believes that, of course. G- ghosts. Yeah, so ghosts, and well, and, and and zombies, lots and lots of zombies. Shit. And then, yeah, exactly. And then, as far as I remember, the Battle of Gettysburg does not go the other way because, in reality, of course, that was when the Confederacy got completely um, destroyed, as it were. Um, and it's not that it go- that the Confederacy win, but because it goes on longer, the Union don't have the power to pursue the Confederacy after it, and so both sides go away and the war carries on for a lot longer. And there are ghosts as well. There are all kind, basically any kind of horror you can imagine. Any sort of horrific creature from whatever, it's going to be there somewhere and if it's not, you can put it in yourself because that's the way it's built. Um, nice. So the, conf- the Civil War goes on for a long time and in Deadlands Reloaded and the original Deadlands in fact, I think in the original Deadlands setting, the, um, when you played the Civil War was still going on when it started, when the timeline started. But in Deadlands Reloaded, the Civil War was over, and it had been a truce, and the Confederacy and the Union still existed, and stayed that way all the way up until the world gets destroyed in in 2084, which we'll talk about later, of course. But the um, yeah, but now. Things have changed. There has been a dramatic event in the Deadlands universe that has reshaped time, and now, for the upcoming Deadlands setting and all future things, the Confederacy now lose the Civil War, but a little bit later than they did beforehand. Most importantly, slavery is definitely a thing of the past. Stop moving my squeaky-ass chair, that is a good idea. Why that was not I get off for you this own... chair? Right, anyway, <laughs> yeah. yeah,
1: listeners, you're going to hear Owen's horrible, horrible chair.
0: I'm gonna get off this chair and I'm gonna sit on the floor, so that you don't have this problem anymore. All right. Fucking that hell, that's the worst happy, noise I've ever now, heard in my life. You happy now, you bastard? Taking me off my chair. You okay. <laughs> All right, so right.
1: Do, so we now we know what the landscape looks like. Why? Yeah. You you mentioned something called ghost rock, right? Is yeah. Let's it, talk about that. Ghost Is strokes. it the deceased spirit of
0: um, of a rock? Or is it drugs, as Nick <laughs> suggests? What is it? Uh, no, no, no. Uh, I, well, I don't know about drugs. I mean, I, th- there's got to be some adventure somewhere that someone should write about what happens when you snort ghost rock. I'd love to hear that. Up. But, crush it. Yeah, crush, crush it with your pint it, and then it, scoop it Powder it in. and snort it. Only, well, go, what only could go wrong? can do that. Um, so, yeah, a new super fuel gets discovered in... Six 68 I believe 68 When a massive Earthquake Which rips apart The west coast of America Shit. Um, Particularly California And turns it into just This sort of Maser or series of mazes in amongst channels of water. And in the rock there, they discover this new superfuel, which people call ghost rock. Because when you burn it, it screams. Or it sounds like it's screaming. Now, some crazy people say the reason it screams is that the ghost rock itself is made of the souls of the damned and you're actually burning and sending them back to hell every time you do that. But that's nonsense. Any real scientist, of course, knows that um, it's just there's a lot of porous air holes in Ghost Rock, which is why it burns so well and why you can use it to uh, to power your steampunk inventions. And that's where the screaming noise come from, obviously.
1: So uh, the the type of... uh, Is Ghost Rock responsible for all of the zomboids and Ghosts?
0: No, it is a oh. another side effect of all the zomboids and ghosts. What oh. is responsible for it all is, um, well, demons is a word we would use. The Native American word is manitou, which is a word for an evil spirit. And that's the word that's used in Deadlands. Well, like two men, like a man or two. <laughs> like, a, like a man or two, Malitate. yeah, exactly. Just, it's, just, it's just a man or two, no problems. Sounds, <laughs> sounds lovely. The, the chief... Uh, the chief man or two, or men or two, who are known as the Reckoners. Shit. And uh, they, they are four sort of big evil gods that live at the absolute heart of hell, or the Deadlands, as they're called, in the spirit world, or hunting grounds, to use the North American term, the, uh, the Native American term. And uh, they are um, fashioned, or fashioned themselves, after the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse. So you've got a death, you've got a famine, you've got a war, and you've got yourself a uh, pestilence. And they're in the Deadlands, in the middle of hell, hoping to one day leave and come out onto our world. But to do that, they have to make the world the same as the horrible place where they live. To do that, it, the world has to be transformed by fear. It has to be literally Terror formed, and that pun is in the book. I hate Terror you. Formed. I hate you. I hate you. Uh, Shane. It, it, it's... <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's done literally by them making uh, making people more scared. And what could be a better place to spread fear? Boo! <laughs> yes, like that. <laughs> what could be a better way to spread fear than in the huge open frontiers? of the American West during this period because, I mean, if you've seen any Western or if you've played Red Dead Redemption or if you've even read The Little House and the Prairie books, you'll know you've got these enormous open spaces between the villages. Um, small communities that, uh, that know each other but don't know much else and so and people you know meeting on the range and sharing stories over campfires is is where sort of all the kind of lore comes from and so it's a perfect place for sort of things that lurk in the night to be outright there lurking but so far away that you don't you don't actually see them because the reckoners you see learnt their lesson in the dark ages back in the dark ages apparently they um they threw all kinds of nasty things at people to try and make the world more scared. And people got wise and thought, right, well, if there's zombies and stuff, I'm going to ruddy kill them. They get so, jaded and they get out there and kill them. The Reckoners and so have they been were able tra- to seal shut up, the shut Reckoners. Up. In-
1: so, the Reckoners, they've been trying since, since 40, the 1400s.
0: Yes. But well, well, before that... And actually, they've
1: achieved nothing.
0: No. Because the, in the 1400s, the Reckoners got sealed off. The Reckoners existed, and bad guys existed all the time, but in the 1400s, a bunch of native shamans got together to seal off what they call the hunting grounds, or the spirit world, or whatever you like to call it, and magic and all that from the world. And so from then up until uh, 1863, everything stays non-magical, and exactly the way we know it in history, as it were
1: so so what's the so so the brand of horror is a specifically like an american type one how do you mean well cuz it's it's like you might be cruising through the dead lands know the 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 american there and then you know you go into somebody's <laughs> house and uh-oh wendigo uh-oh jackalope
0: well the whole idea is that it sh- it depends how you do it i mean as a uh, um as a GM, you can run it any way you like. Certainly, in the um, in Deadlands Reloaded, it's more considered that you should ha- that the horror shouldn't be out there in the open on the surface. You should you you say your posse just roll up into a town and everything seems normal, but something's just slightly off. Okay. You can't tell what. Maybe you've got a whole bunch of people gambling furiously in a corner of the sea, of the casino, of not casino, of the saloon. And they've been playing this same game of poker without sleeping, without eating, without anything for like two days straight. But they still seem okay.
1: So instead of, so for example, instead of having like the skeleton jump out of the cupboard and go, boo! What the skeleton does is he, he actually pokes his head out and goes, shh, and then pops his head back in. and then <laughs> More like that kind of idea. And yeah. then you check the cupboard and there's no skeleton there at all.
2: Exactly, exactly. You get the so idea. You, you play on the tension. Um, I like it. Like, you know, you go into the town and everything seems normal, but all of a sudden there's something not quite right that you can't exactly. put your finger on, and it, and it kind of intensifies that suspenseful dread.
0: Now, I yeah. do know things are slightly changing that way around that, according to the uh, according to the new book that's coming out. I know a lot more is being revealed to the players than was in Reloaded, because in, uh, in Deadlands Reloaded, you didn't find out what was really going on um, as a player. You just found out this is what appears to be going on, and rumours you might have heard, and then the Marshal, which is the name given to the GM, finds out what's really going on in the Marshal's Guide. Um, in the um, in the new version, I believe the players are going to know a little bit more than they used to, but um, I can't say too much about that.
1: They know who the skeleton belongs to.
0: Yes, that they might very well know whose skeleton it is.
1: All right, so I guess we've got a good picture of what the Deadlands world looks like then, right? Um, I think it, I think it sounds it sounds great. All right, I think Shane Hensley and all the boys back at Pinnacle have done a great job on that. Um especially the skeleton thing I just think that's great. Yeah, absolutely. Or did the I make that? up? Fantastic. I can't remember. Uh,
0: <laughs> and um as you may, uh, as uh, you may have noticed, you know Deadlands has uh, several other settings and um I know it can seem from the outset as I think you said last time like it's just plonking the word Deadlands in front of a setting and putting cowboys into it. Cuz that's what it is. The lo- the law of the Deadlands world is really quite Intense and quite huge and all these things do slot into it in a really brilliant way so you've got Deadlands my, oh my.
1: you got Deadlands Dark Ages which is Deadlands in the medieval times and for some reason there's guns and it is actually pretty fucking good you've got Deadlands Lost Colony which is Deadlands in space you've got Deadlands Kids which is Deadlands in high school you got, <laughs> you no got, you do do you not
0: Dead like, Deadlands Kids it's like those 90s oh, cartoons kids, you know what so, I mean yeah. where it's like
1: Tom and Jerry Kids oh. or Flintstones Kids
0: <laughs> I mean I, I love the idea of the of that as a setting I, I'd rather. Kids yeah but right. I don't think it's official yet Yeah, I that's mean, homebrew though
1: Nick, what, Nick if you were to do a spin-off of Deadlands what would it be? oh
2: god uh, Deadlands Croydon what well, so it's
0: just your <laughs>
1: hometown in the 90s yeah and there's
0: Ghost I'm what could be any scarier than <laughs> Croydon as it currently is?
1: Instead of getting the usual acid attack that you get in Croydon, somebody throws a, <laughs> a living skeleton at you,
0: or it's a, or it's a ghost rock
2: powered acid ghost. attack. Yeah, I like. So I like. So this whole thing about it screaming and stuff does that mean that, like, you know, if you've got yeah. like a ghost rock powered pistol when you're shooting, it goes ow
1: ow ow ow, ow every time you shoot. Oh it yeah.
0: Off. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so
1: it's like you are just. You're... <laughs> 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 yeah, I love, love it. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is that's a good touch. Nice one, or Shane. But, but yeah, no, he for seriously though, he does he does just slap the name on any old thing and then and then and then ham no, all- fists it into the universe. But you know, whatever. You know, it's his setting. It's his company. He can do what he wants. I,
0: I, okay. Um, I so, would, if you do believe that, I would seriously recommend you have a you have a closer look at the at the setting books because um, they do because they are all things that have been planned from a long long time ago. The uh, Cackler storyline, which is what launched the, uh lot the, uh Dark Ages setting was something that Shane wrote way back in the early 90s as potentially it was originally going to be, a uh, think, a movie and then it was going to be the base of the TV series that Xbox um, were uh, commissioning them for. But then, of course, that TV platform fell apart. And so eventually they released it as a graphic novel.
1: No, I I trust you. I'm I'm fairly certain that that, that isn't the case. I know I, I know Shane, he's a good guy, man. But I just like to rag on him. That's
0: all. Right. But thanks <laughs> for reading my fan. You're a troll. That's what uh, you do. Okay. Now, that's what I have to do. So he is t- kind of my boss. So I kind of uh-huh. have to defend him on this one. Shut up. up. now.
1: Right. Yeah. So yeah. character sorry, options. Sorry, sorry, let's talk reasons. about that. We know about the yeah. world, right? Okay. It is it, yep. it's it's the old west. There's spooky shit. There's steampunk shit powered by ghost rock shotguns that scream in the night. But what are the character <laughs> options? Because the thing is, this is probably, in Savage Worlds terms, it's got the highest amount of classes and magical backgrounds and shit like this in the world. Yeah.
0: It it has the closest thing I think in a way to a class system because in terms of arcade backgrounds, and that's probably because and that's because I think it comes from um, Deadland, the original flavour Deadlands that were, which um, was based on a class system. I believe could be wrong there, but yeah, you have five um, core magical backgrounds in the original um, uh, Deadlands Reloaded, as it were. Mm. Things have changed a bit now, and they've added a few more on as well on top as a result of uh, stretch goals to this Kickstarter. But you've got uh, your Hucksters, being the main ones that I talked about earlier, who are these wizard types. They're closest to your wizard, I suppose, who uh, um, who who deal with the devil, literally play cards against demons in order to get magical power. And every time they cast a spell, playing cards appear in their hands, which is obviously something weird, and so if you do that around people, you're going to get lynched. It's the Weird West. Um, so instead, they carry playing cards around with them all the time, and disguise themselves as gamblers, who are constantly fidgeting with cards, so that they can hide these magical cards that appear in their hand when they cast spells. Then you've got your Blessed, who are sort of your cleric type, as it were, who can who are often, you know, sort of your... Stereotypical trope is going to be the the sort of you know whiskey priest, um, giving his good old fashioned fire and brimstone sermon on a Sunday morning to the packed village, as it were. But it could be anyone, even someone who doesn't really have a particular faith, as it were, who has been chosen for whatever reason by the powers of good, to in order to conduct miracles in the world. You've then got your weird scientists or mad scientists as they are all literally mad in this world because ghost rock believe it or not sends you crazy the fumes um get in that's what they say the fumes get into your head and send you mad and part of it is the fumes part of it is also maybe has something to do with the fact there are literally demons whispering the ideas for inventions into your ears And they create these awesome steampunk inventions, and to simulate the inventions, we now use the uh, PowerPoint system and the Arcane Background system in order to do that, and you generate them as powers. Yeah, I had a character in uh,
1: Deadlands One-Shot I ran once, who had the bolt power, but obviously in Savage Worlds, and in any game indeed, you can trap it and sort of give it your your own little flavour to the spell, and uh, he used a cutlery gun. (laughs) (laughs) Nice
0: just so it shot it's shot like forks and knives at people that's fantastic yeah, yeah he
1: just he just jammed fistfuls of cutlery in there and then blasted at people with the power of ghost rock it was awesome by the power of ghost rock incredible
0: we had someone who literally um created steampunk pokeballs in the dead larp by uh um by trapping the summon ally power <laughs> very good uh, that's so cool. I said by the trapping you had to he had to actually defeat one of the one of the creatures he wanted to summon first. But then, when it had done that, and if it was on sufficient rank, he could he could summon it using his steampunk Pokeball thing. So that was quite <laughs> fun. But it gave him a bigger range of things he could summon. Was the upside. Um, and then yeah, there was uh, Native American shamans who call on the powers of the nature spirits, um, which is. Which sounds on the surface similar to the powers of Blessed, but they have lots of different trappings and things going on there. And access to powers that no one else does. They're the only ones that can shape change, for example. Cool. That can change into animals. Am I right in saying the last uh,
1: arcane background is monkey?
0: No, no, no. Monkey style, maybe, because it is martial arts.
1: Oh, uh, sorry, I wrote it down wrong in my notes. It's uh, supposed to be monk.
0: (laughs) Monk, yeah. Close, close. <laughs> um, so the idea being that a uh, um, that someone who has not not just knows how to fight well, but really mastered the essence of the chi inside them, is can do uh, is able to um, do proper sort of um, whoosha. I believe is what you call it. Is that right?
1: Yeah,
0: uh, sort of. Yeah, and
1: they can it? do That's they it. can do dragon yeah, punch. Um,
0: <laughs> well, you, you can yes, essentially martial arts is usually a very non-obvious style of magic. It's mu- It was much harder to do because it was based on the old superpower system which, as you know, you had to buy your whole skill up as it were for each thing you wanted to do. But the upside was no one could ever really tell you were doing magic. It just looked like you were really, really good. There hmm. was, however, a hindrance you could take, which meant that yeah, you could do actual Hadoukens and stuff like nice. that. But then, nice. pe- then people could be uh, um, then people burn you for being a witch if they see you doing it. (laughs) And there are some more other um, arcane backgrounds that have come out now. Oh, um, God. But uh, you can find out about them um, in the Kickstarter. I suppose. Yeah, I guess so. Unless you want me to talk about them now, I can, but we've got time. Do you want me to talk about them now? No. Didn't think so. Um,
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, No, but in addition to just (laughs) those arcane backgrounds, you don't have to take one, although most people end up doing so but you can just be like a gunslinger or a prostitute or or whatever uh,
0: right and the beautiful thing about being savage worlds is you can of course customize it any way you want and actually some of the nastiest characters that were in the larp i played i ran sorry um were not magical at all um someone who built a really hardcore gunslinger was absolutely lethal nice um, because nice. you can one of the th- one of the main edges you've got now is called hammer fanning, which is have you ever seen one of those old westerns where you see the um, the cowboy um, hold um, pull the trigger and then uh, fan the hammer of oh, the yeah. gun back so he can release six shots very quickly?
1: Yep. is your next question going to be, do you live in the world? Of course I've seen.
0: Well, this is the thing. Well, this is the thing. I don't know. You, don't want, you told me yourself you've seen about ten movies in your lifetime. They're all westerns, though. <laughs> well, all all westerns, but, yeah. oh, that would make sense, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that is what hammer means. And essentially turns what is usually a, a one rate of fire pistol into a six uh, rate of fire machine gun, essentially. Which... If you're really good with uh, uh, with a pistol and you've, say, loaded it with Ghost Rock Powered Explosive Rounds, oh, nice. you're doing six um, shots um, on raises, that's 4d6 in a small burst template. Get to legendary level, and you can add an edge called Right Hand of the Devil, which turns your gun into a relic, so it does an extra D6 damage. So now that's five D6 six times. Imagine that! Imagine seeing
1: like the classic scene where two people are dueling in a in a western movie, and suddenly one of the guys fans the hammer, and his gun's just screaming. Goblin, 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 So, in terms of we we've gone over the world, we've gone over character options, right? In terms of mechanics. This is pretty close to Savage Worlds core, right? Um, and yes. So if you could quickly, in under two minutes, describe yes. the mechanics of the game.
0: Well, it is... The new system, certainly, and the old system, is going to be very simpler, similar sorry, to um, Savage Worlds Deluxe, or Suede, or Swade, however you want to pronounce <laughs> it, for the new version. And they've actually made a lot of effort in the new version, as far as I'm aware, to... Um, Make it a lot more um, open to being generic. So if you just want to run cowboys and uh, and ghosts or cowboys and zombies and whatever you can do that with the new version of Deadlands you don't have to get into that whole lore and enormous um, timeline and world as it were um, it does add a few extra little things into it such as the um, those particular magic backgrounds, such as the dueling rules there's specific rules for um, for travelling long distances on horseback as you're probably going to have to do etc etc um, and um and other um, little things like that that simulate the American West, as it were.
1: The, the, I will stress that the old ones as well, are pretty much, pretty close to Savage Worlds. And if if you want to learn about the mechanics, just go to the uh, our episode that we did on Savage Worlds Adventure Edition. The old ones as well, you can you can kind of pick and choose bits. If you want to run a weird West game, which is what we did, we uh, played Dark Tower, which is kind of similar. Mm-hmm. And all of the classes yeah. um, and that you can just you can just pick them right out of the book.
0: Absolutely, yeah.
1: Um absolutely. Um, but now now that we now that we're here, right? You guys all know what Deadlands was, right? And what it is and why you should go out and buy it. But let's talk about the new Kickstarter because Shane Hensley's changing, yeah. it, right? And he's he's changing it. He's, he's he's releasing a new version for Adventure Edition. I did Kickstart it and then I changed my pledge and didn't Kickstart it. And now I'm thinking I might do it again. What do what what's the what's the say? What's the haps? What's the
0: dizzle? mechanic wise, obviously, it's been reset so that it works along with the new suede mechanics, which is, in essence, not a huge difference to suede itself, but you, uh, but some of the big mechanics, particularly stuff like the long-distance riding and stuff like that, has changed quite a bit. Hmm. You've also got an entirely new plot point campaign, which, rather than the previous ones, because they've released four plot point campaigns for the previous um Deadlands Reloaded, in which you were going up against the four really sort of big um, uh, human bad guys, as it were, in the world. They're now making it much uh, more sort of on a big adventures on a smaller scale, as it were. The, the, The Plot Point campaign that's coming out now is all set in just the one county. And it's about all the strange things going on there and so on. So we're looking much more about trying to get back to what Deadlands was originally... Which is that whole spaghetti western with a real feel of horror on top of it, and it's Um, got sort of a
1: it's it's going to focus a bit more on personal horror, right?
0: Yeah, there's going to be a lot more of that into it. Is the idea Um, there was a slight feeling that Deadlands became a bit too camp over the last uh, over the last while, Um, and uh, and yeah, and more trying to get back into that kind of slightly darker, slightly more you're up against something more powerful than you could possibly imagine feel to it. And more of that whole it's very lonely out there on the plains. So now when you see so, the yeah.
1: skeleton leaning out of the cupboard and going, Shh, it's like it's got your dad's hat on. <laughs>
0: exactly. Eerie. It. Right.
1: That is yeah. eerie, isn't it, Nick? That's a oh, good yeah. idea. Oh, oh yeah. I've copyright I'm copyrighting that idea. It's called Skeletons in the Cupboard. <laughs> Fantastic,
0: yeah. I should actually point out, I am not um, officially part of the Deadlands team or part of the Pinnacle team. I'm just a guy who's played a lot of Deadlands and has had a couple of little things published for it, that's all. So I can't speak in an official capacity to these things.
1: Yeah, but you and Shane, these your boy, man. You guys are good You're good friends.
0: <laughs> not really. I've, I've just talked to him a few times over email and stuff like that. I've never met him. Would but you like him to start recu- returning well, your yeah.
1: calls more? Should I? we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll no, ask exactly him now, nice. Shane. If you're listening, return Owen's calls, all right? Because it's not that's out of order what you him, did to lead him on him like a that. First,
0: but actually, no. I will tell you something, which is that um, when like I guess I ran a, a LARP set in the Deadlands universe for three years, and at the end of it for the big finale, I got all the players who had been playing in the past but didn't play anymore to record a little sort of good luck message on a video and played them all. And I asked Shane, would you record a little video saying, uh, as the creator, good luck And he went, fuck and he off. Did it. No, he, 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 he went and did it, as did Matt Cutter, who is the, um, the what the you call it, the Deadlands uh, um, brand manager, which was just freaking awesome to play to people in front of that. And, you know, they didn't have to do that. That is they, cool. Um, they're, they're about, and it is, yeah, a really decent thing to do, as far as I was concerned. So that Kickstarter
1: sounds good, and there's a lot of actually cool um, uh, stretch goals and chisel on there too.
0: Yeah, they've unlocked quite a lot of pretty cool stuff now. I mean, there is still always that issue that, um, that us Brits have, or us... Non-Americans have of the of the shipping prices, but um, the amount of stuff that's getting into the physical thing now—it's got to the point where I think it's probably getting worth backing the really high levels rather than just because in well, a lot of other um, Kickstarter campaigns um, from America, I often will back the digital one and then I'll buy the um, the physicals from Leisure Games or um, or Orcs Nest, which are two London game oh, stores, yeah. which. I'm sure you've yeah, heard I mean, of in this podcast.
1: That's kind of what I intend to do because it was it was working out a hundred quid for the lot, and I was like, "Listen, you know me, okay? I've got i got loads of money, but that <laughs> is too much for me." I, I was also thinking because I own the books already, and uh, I was like, "Man, I but I don't know. I'm I'm considering it now. I'm considering it. I, I keep going back." Well, and I forth. think
0: one option as well. I mean, it's not going to if people do this, it won't go towards sort of unlocking more stretch goals. But for example, if you and Nick. Both wanted the physical stuff. You could back it at the high tier, and Nick could add um, an extra section on all as uh, all as add-ons. So you'd be, and then you'd split the shipping cross between the two of you.
2: Thing is, though, guys, um, I backed the Deadlands Kickstarter a few years ago at quite a high level, oh, and I thought that yes. that was the <laughs> Deadlands. So what is this now? <laughs>
0: That <laughs> ah, yeah, that was Deadlands. That was a reissue of Deadlands' classic that they brought back, that they brought out. Right, with um, the, with the other Pop point campaign.
1: That was the one where you got um, you got you spent seventy quid and the only stretch goal you got was bookmarks. Am I right?
2: Well, it's just like,
1: do I spend a lot of money
2: again? Like, I feel a bit like, why did I get the last one if there was
1: going to be a new one? But never mind. I do, I know I I actually I actually do agree with you in in some aspects because. If you want to do more personal, more more uh, down to earth horror with Deadlands, that's pretty fucking easy with the with the one that already exists and Deadlands yeah, Classic is, is still good. And also Deadlands and reloaded is really good. I would say that if you don't already own Deadlands, then it's definitely worth
0: kickstarting. But absolutely, if you yeah. if you
1: do, maybe only kickstart it if you're a mega fan.
0: Yeah. Well. Having read um I can't Say much about it, but having read what I've got of the new rules, I would say it is definitely worth getting in there at least at a digital level. And some of the physical stretch goals they've got coming out now are very, very cool. The uh, the oversized deck and the and the Ghost Rock Counters in particular, I'm really tempted to up myself to a to a to a full um, high roller pledge. I the oversized
2: years. what? Oh, isn't that what we got with the the last box set of the new rules that we just? kickstarted yeah so right?
1: adventure edition yeah yeah and a di-
0: there's a yeah, different uh, there, they made a deadlands specific <laughs> one which i think is quite awesome yeah
1: no i i do agree and i, I also think like yeah. you know i've already got the deadlands reloaded I, I, but then if you really want it for uh, adventure edition and all the old books already work with adventure edition you could get the new one but i i, I think i do think yep. the the idea I'm- of what they're focusing on for people that have trouble making up their own Stories in a in, in a game, you know, mm. is probably a good idea, and I think it'll make Deadlands a bit cooler. But um, I'm not sure it's it's a hundred percent worth kickstarting. But I, I I do think if you don't already have it, then definitely go definitely for
2: go
0: it. for it. Yeah, yeah. And if you do if you do already have it, and you've got or got it all physical already, just do the j- just do the digital. It's not that much money, and you get and you get the and you get the rules update and all the extra stuff on top of it. Plus this entirely new point campaign, which is sick.
1: Well, like disgusting.
0: <laughs> yeah. Disgustingly good. It will, it will make, make you, you So, it. <laughs> it will. <yeah.
1: laughs> it's so disgusting your local church will try and ban it. <laughs> All right. Well, that ladies and gentlemen is is bloody Deadlands, Nick. We we get we do, how many thumbs up are you giving Deadlands? <coughs>
2: Well, I do... I mean, I've played... I've not played a great deal, but I did play Huckster. It was a lot of fun. Um, I love the gambling with the devil thing. That's that's a lot of fun, especially when the devil's, you know, can be quite funny. Um but Well
1: I thought I thought it was pretty funny when you play you played a huckster and throughout the entire campaign, never once did a deal with the devil go well for you. Nope. And then the one night you're away and somebody played your character, they got the best results three <laughs> yeah, times in a row. Yeah, Brilliant. Exactly. So I'm not
2: fit to be a huckster but I did play it and enjoy it immensely. What I wanna know is take this the, the, the pre published story away. And is there a lot of playability in there for sandbox and homebrew?
0: Absolutely, um, even more so than beforehand Okay. Um, in the new version, that's what they've really been pushing towards. now. Brilliant. Um, the new plot point campaign is not as is, is completely non-linear. Okay, that's like cool. The the, the the other the other the old plot point campaigns had an element of non-linear uh, uh, non-linearity. Is that a word? It is now. <laughs> to it, um, the new some the new campaign is built to be almost completely sound. oh and you can and very, you can, you can, you you can cherry
2: pick cool bits out of it and stuff like that as well i mean i haven't played enough and i don't know what the new one's like but from what i have played i've enjoyed it and obviously if it's got um yeah. you know if it's if it's like similar to well, Savage worlds well, three
1: out of four the campaign i yeah the campaign i ran for you was um was dark tower so yeah. it had elements of Deadlands like sprinkled in but yeah. it was pretty much it's everything it's a big melting pot dark tower so exactly we but haven't then, played the I official think... setting but we
2: I think Deadlands would work well if you if you wanted to run Dark Tower using Deadlands. I think that would work pretty well. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but like, know you differ different game. Okay. But I mean, generally as well, it's like quite they, them to a quite a good fit.
1: And also, like as you say about the sandbox thing, one of the one of the like sort of iconic adventures for Deadlands is one called Coffin Rock, and it's basically like. Super old school type thing because it's just a town. It's got it's, and and it's like a big sandbox type nice. adventure, and you could even have that as like the basis for a campaign. Nice, like, like where people would venture out, and out of that town kind of thing. Yeah, that's cool.
0: And that was the first adventure that actually came out for Deadlands. Oh, cool! Right, But we, yeah. it's better, good as well. For Deadlands Reloaded back in the day, yeah, and it's, it is excellent. All
1: right, well, uh, we better move on because this has gone on too long. But um, uh, yeah, sorry. we'll just go around in a circle here. Uh, we're gonna say, buy it or or or, or don't. Uh, Nick buy it or don't personally or generally do you me personally no not at the moment okay me I would say yes get it second hand on eBay
0: Owen <laughs> you know for I am I'm I say back it all the way because I'm uh, I'm a huge I'm a huge fan of Deadlands I'm a massive Deadlands nerd
2: I want to use a bit more of my old actual one that I have got before I can borrow about the new one but because um, there's a lot of story there. <laughs> That's probably a good idea. But no, by all means, it looks cool. I want to check it out eventually.
1: All right, so le- let's, uh, let's move on to Electro Letters, shall we? Yeah. In the future, you will be able to send a letter or parcel from anywhere on the planet. This, sir, is the Electro Letter. All right. So, um... Today on Electro Letters, we asked for your uh, your, your, your RPG problems, and we're going to solve them. And I know we've done this one before in Electro Letters, but I thought it was a good one. I think actually the problem is, though, is that last time we solved everyone's problems too well, Nick, <laughs> yeah. and so we actually only got two emails <laughs> on this subject. Whoops. So first one comes in from Daniel Irwin, and he says, I once had a player that was a complete rules lawyer. Couldn't do anything without wanting to consult a book and slow everything right down. How do you deal with that? Take his book away. That's, a, that's That pretty much solves that, eh? And his phone, so he can't look it up online either. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a good cool fucking answer. You could just either take it away by force, just yeah. snatch it out of his hand, or just or just make a rule that you can't have it at the table.
0: Yeah. I Yeah. Um, first First step is to have a chat with the guy, I'd say and uh no i say <laughs> yeah, i good.
1: say straight to action just reach over as soon as he opens the book just snatch it and he goes hey what are you doing and you go fuck off like shane I'll throw it out the window <laughs> yeah <laughs> you see a car run over it outside <laughs> oh shit yeah i, I also think yeah. like I, I kind of uh, i sort of say at the beginning of each campaign that i run um, mm. uh, and especially one shots as well um, I, I'll just say, like, outright, one of the house rules is there's no looking stuff up in a book. Even me, I'm not going to do it, right? Unless it's absolutely important, like, if if the rule means a character might die or whatever. But um, I just say, yeah, that's my rule. No looking up rules. Um, what we yeah. do at the time, if we don't know the rules, we we'll make up a ruling and then look it up between yep. now and next week. Exactly.
0: That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And, yeah, another reason why Session Zero is so important so that you know what the players are, can expect and what you uh and what they can expect you are going to be bringing to the table
1: mm-hmm. totally yeah yeah because if you lay that groundwork straight away and just say no looking up rules then you won't have to take his book and chuck it out the window and tell yeah. him to fuck no. off
0: that's not to, that that's not
2: to say that someone's versed in rules uh who can help the GM if they can't remember but it's when it starts slowing the actual gameplay down that you've got an issue haven't you
1: what is it? Yeah, there's there's a very good video by Puffin Forest about this very subject, and he says you know that that there's a difference between a rules lawyer. A rules lawyer is called that because a rules lo- a lawyer is a bad thing. Nobody likes lawyers. They're evil. But then there's something like a rules adjudicator where if the GM just says to you, "By the way, what's the rule for that?" and you just go, "Oh, it's this," then that's fine because you're just trying to help. You know what I mean? And it's yeah. something that I will often do. And often when I'm playing with people that are a lot better than me. I'd often ask them, you know, and it's it's just it's a that to me is is normal, unhelpful, and it's not you trying to get an edge by by a consultant. book. But yeah, watch that watch that video by Puffin Forest. It's very good. Nice. Oh, that's thanks.
0: that's a really I like I like that term, rules adjudicator, because yeah, mm-hmm. I've got several people like that who I'll go to in a in a pinch at my table if I need to know oh absolutely something because yeah. they know it better than I do.
1: Yeah, exactly. Next one comes in from Yorkus Rex. He says, "Violence at the table. What do you do when a player wants to get physical?" This ranges from tantrums like throwing oh. dice after a bad while, all the way to threats and fist fights. Talk them down call the throw police. hands. <laughs> now Nick, I've actually, I've I, at our table we've had a couple of tantrums, but I've only ever seen you get into a rage once, and it was the most yep. mild-mannered rage ever. When you um when you were dice rolling bad and you went oh go away and threw it off the table
2: I did yeah at Ryan's house that came straight <laughs> to my mind as well
1: when that came up <laughs> it was because you're such a um calm nice person it was like that was the oh, that was, was the, the most <laughs> mild temper tantrum I've ever seen go away
2: yeah and then I couldn't get it because it rolled under Ryan's TV cabinet and then i felt it looked like a right
1: Burke <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> You know, one of the one of my favourite ones as well is when actually we we this isn't how to solve this issue. This is us creating the issue. But I remember once uh, there was a there was a whole argument that happened because somebody couldn't pronounce the word chimney. Um, oh my god! And the, the guy threw it threw a bit of a tantrum, and, and also we we mocked a guy at the table for pro- mispronouncing the word dagger. And I won't say who he is, but he may have been a former host on this show. Um, and yeah, he went mental, didn't he? He was like, "Right, I'm not taking my turn." <laughs>
0: <laughs> still that is very different to someone actually wanting to throw down fists yeah I can't say a, I, I've ever bit. known it to go that far that's
2: cool what, what do you do to just go LARP and then it turns into a real fight and you have to? <laughs> have to
1: you just
0: back. yell the word LARP
1: and everyone starts <laughs> wailing on each other
0: like, like it's bundle <laughs> yeah. I, I imagine
1: as you say the word LARP like an air horn going off like LARP <laughs> 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 like, yeah everyone just grabs weapons Anyway, look, if somebody is really throwing a, t- a temper tantrum, you can't beat a well timed cigarette break. Yeah, that's true. All right, guys, do you fancy taking a quick break? And then the guy's the guys just in there, you're watching yeah. from the garden as he's just flipping the table and be like, don't worry, he'll calm down in a minute.
0: <laughs> but a I mean, if, if someone at your table is actually getting physically violent, they should not be at your table. There's no two ways about it. Yeah, no, do I mean? And if they actually, you know, phys- if they actually genuinely threaten someone out of character, I mean, yeah, I, you, I mean that that. That, you should be the, you should be able to back up that person if they want to press charges. I'm going to outright say so. We're way beyond the X card at that point. Because I, I, I suspect I suspect
1: Yorkus is joking a little bit. And I imagine that imagine at the table, right? If somebody yeah. goes, you know, the thief where they always do that fucking annoying thing where they go, I want to rob the other characters. Right? I'm just going to pickpocket. I'm going to pickpocket the <laughs> yeah. Paladin. He's annoying me. He's not letting me have any fun. And then you pickpocket him. Imagine the player playing the character just leans in and goes, I'm going to fucking kill you. <laughs>
2: You're like, what in the game? And he goes, In real life. And then the GM goes, what, you what no whispering and they're like, sorry,
0: sorry. And again, I'll like no You say yeah, so- that, but I mean I we've all been to conventions and you've seen that one guy in the convention who's just like this guy clearly, you know, is one bad game away from becoming a mass murderer. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, like what that guy mean? who wears the chainmail at fucking on the Cobb that I talked about. <laughs> he's he's armoured. He knows the fight's going to happen. He's ready. He knows it's coming. <laughs> um, Alright, well, I think we sort of didn't answer that question very well, but we've got a couple of general questions that got sent in as well. One was from Yorkers. I don't know what the fuck he's is, is on, but I want some. Um, he says, would, would six sets of metal dice in a leather bag be considered a dangerous weapon? Asking for a friend. Is this the
2: same guy that wants to fight back with the other <laughs> book? I think okay. that he's, now he's it's like, as soon
1: as yeah. the fight kicks off at the table, somebody yells LARP, and he's swinging his little bag of dice get getting a bit of momentum up.
0: <laughs> when you put those two questions together in context, it becomes a lot yeah. more lighter. Yeah. It all makes sense um, now.
1: He's the one oh. that was doing the violence.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> so his
1: real question, I guess, his real question is, is how can I stop myself? I keep on assaulting my players <laughs> with a bag of dice,
2: with a metal dice. Yeah, um, I would say, yeah, I mean, six sets. In a, yeah, you're, you're talking, you're talking like socking a uh, soap in a sock territory, if not if more.
1: You, you've got some metal dice, man. No, they're, they're fucking heavy.
2: Yeah, I'm gonna bring them round. I'm gonna bag them up and bring them round. You wanna be- allowed to back out again into the world
1: so what when we're meeting up and playing on tables again you're gonna you're gonna just start swinging them under. as soon as somebody like as soon as somebody annoys you and you see you you just swinging that bag of dice you know alright
2: oh mate yeah you know when someone just makes a rash decision after a lot of planning and you're like okay fine then that I'm not even gonna huff anymore I'm just gonna start swinging the dice back <laughs>
1: <laughs> alright next one comes in from Henrik er- Erlandson. sorry about that Um, Have you heard of a single-player RPG slash board game named The Beast? You write a daily diary... Diary. What the fuck does that mean? Oh, you write a daily diary for 30 days and it creates a story about a sexy beast trapped in your basmet. I think he means basement. It can be a family game, I think. (laughs) Um, What in
0: the world?
1: I suspect English is in his first language.
0: Is, is is this a, is this a game or just what he does right, for fun? Right, daily diary for 30 days and
1: create a story about a sexy beast
2: trapped in your basement. It can be a great family game, I think. Hmm.
0: Okay.
1: Well, I think by family game he means he wants us to review it on one of our on one of our dodgy episodes. Uh, we have yeah, to find yeah. It. yeah,
2: we have to review um, that day 1 and I've put the beast in the corner.
1: Yeah, I, uh, the beast oh, I've just looked it up and on I uh, all I can see is there's a supplement called the beast uh, na- oh no the publisher's called Naked Female Giant the game is The Beast mm, wow. it's got as print and play it's only $10 on, R- on drive through RPG mm. this unse- uh, This is an unsettling erotic game for one player of imagining you are having sex with The Beast <laughs> an alien and inhuman creature writing a diary describing your erotic encounters your fears and your exan- anxieties bloody hell
2: this is Chuck Tingle's other RPG.
1: This is this is um, pseudonym. He goes under Naked Female Giant for his really sexy stuff. <laughs> cool. Well, thanks for the recommendation, Henrik. That we definitely will probably give that a review. Definitely, probably. All right. We'll look at it. Uh, last is... one comes in, and this is one for all three of us. So, John the Paladin. He says, "What's the best meal you've ever had?"
0: <laughs> Start with Owen. Um, I had a meal in Venice that was just beyond belief we had a we went to a michelin-starred restaurant for my honeymoon with my wife and um, the two of us have never cried from food before or since but i cried three times that night because it was so good I
2: was, if i was in that restaurant i'd
0: throw you in the water mate <laughs>
1: Yeah, he's just sitting there crying this is a really Get him nice in the sausage
0: <laughs> you've no idea it Fuck was it. incredible do you, do you
1: guys ever watch um the great pottery throwdown oh, i can't say i do what <clears throat> Well, anyway, for some reason it just reminded me, the host on that show, he cries at the drop of a, a, a pin like right? every <laughs> single episode, right? Because he, he's a potter himself, and he judges these pots that people have made, and every time somebody makes a nice one, he cries. And he, you, you always see him, he starts to laugh, and he's like, <laughs> it's just fantastic! And he just starts
0: crying. I never I knew there was a great pottery show count. I know there's a new sewing um thing as well isn't there now that Bake Off is on channel 4 are they just trying to make the most absolutely middle England nicest reality competition (laughs) show possible or something
1: the pottery one is actually pretty (laughs) decent because if you want to see a grown man cry at somebody making a toilet (laughs) you're in luck
2: Oh yeah, that sounds oh, no, good. Um,
1: yeah, so best meal. Owen, you cried at a meal in Venice. You're the most middle-class yep. man in the world.
0: Um, I don't care. I'll all take all the Guardian points for that.
1: I just wanted... I, one I wanted to mention, I, I actually went to a Michelin-star restaurant as well when I got my bonus from work uh, a while ago and it was a, uh, it's a it, number one Indian restaurant in London called Amaya and it was fucking amazing. Ooh. Fu- we had, we had Ooh. tandoori uh, grilled lobster and shit like this and oh my the God. cocktails were fucking incredible and I didn't cry because... I'm not a, uh, a complete pansy, but um, Nick, how about you?
0: Sorry, I'm being really mean to you, well, enough, I,
1: I don't know why I've got like this. You're always so mean. That's
0: all right. It's like I ask for it. This is, in, in fairness, Harrison, this is the third time I've been on the show. I If I'm, if I'm not getting bullied by you by this point, it, I wouldn't feel like I'm welcome.
1: That's true. But just to let uh, listeners know, I do like Owen. I think he's really nice. Yeah, yeah, we love him really. Completely. The fact that
0: the fact that, uh, the fact that you've had me on three times means that you're allowed to do this to me. If I was it on the first time, you were really nice to me. The second time, we had a bit of banter. Now you can bring out the nice properly, like you do with Nick every week, because I'm, 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 like, I'm like part of it. Oh, it no, I wouldn't, like, I wouldn't yeah. do
1: that to Nick. I really respect him. <laughs> right. oh, why am I doing this? I'm so sorry, Owen. Just, so, just so, so that we're clear, I think you're great, Nick. Best meal you've yeah, ever had. Yeah, you too.
2: Funny enough, I mean, kind of, the say one as me, I, I, I actually uh, um, was in Venice on a honeymoon <laughs> and it was one of the nicest meals I've ever had. Um, clam spaghetti, oh man, it was so Ooh. good. And all the other bits and pieces Very that went nice. with
1: it. Well, I can't believe you both went to Venice. I went to Cornwall on my honeymoon. Although Cornwall is fucking amazing. Cornwall is lovely. Did, did
0: we fact. not get married a bit later in our lives than you did, Harrison, and thus when we had a bit more money to spend? That's
1: true. That's true. But you've yeah, you always true. had money on you you're a posh toff.
0: Well, with plums I, in your mouth. I am a posh toff. Yeah, it's true. I am. I'm pretty posh. Yep. I don't have any money now that I'm writing role playing games. I can tell you that. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah. <laughs> so that was the uh, that was the best meals we've ever had. Thank you, John the Paladin. He always sends in weird questions. Um, but let's. We like John. We do. But let's let's do an outro, shall we? Oh yeah. His palms are sweaty, knees weak arms are heavy, vomit on his sweater already. Clam spaghetti. So first of oh, all, yeah. I just wanted to say thank you Owen for coming on. And if there's anything you'd like to plug that you're you're into now, you, you do writing You're doing Ooh. something, Gary, I do. I do have mm-hmm. things don't, I? Y- something yes. Yes,
0: I have something out, don't I? I do. Um so I have a mini settings for Savage Worlds out called Bartington Halls, mm-hmm. which is Weird goings on in a public boarding school yeah. in uh, in England. It's imagine if <coughs> Mallory Towers had zombies in it. I suppose would be a way you could describe it. So, I guess zombies, but it's. I love um, yeah, it's Bluetooth all that, uh, it, uh, or yeah, a mix between um, Buffy the Vampire Slayer and The Inbetweeners would be another good example, I suppose. Or Bad <laughs> Education. Good. The American listeners are hearing this and thinking, "What the earth are those shows?" But yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, if you want to get really British, old boy, you can find a very British setting there. Um, and if you search for Wild Eye books, um, then that's Wild. I, as in the thing you have in your head, books, as not die, um, then you can uh, you can find it quite easily on drive-through RPG. Nice. Um, and uh, yeah, there's Is some it, other things coming it's out like soon. School, but isn't it, know, yeah boarding school. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly.
1: Yeah, I played in that setting, and I can confirm it's really good. Give it give it a buy on on drive-through RPG. But also, don't forget while you're there to look up 3 T RPG publishing. And if you want to support this show. Buy a couple of our products. They're not quite as good as Owen's, but they're getting there. No, no, they are, they are very good. Go and, go and, go and uh, pick them up, because that's a good way to support the show. And, of course, don't forget that you can subscribe on Patreon. You can become a Bone Lord, a Necromancer, a Dread Lord, or a Devil King. And I- in join doing the so, Dark Army. If, yes, exactly. If you join the Dark Army, when it comes time to fight the war against good on this planet, you'll be the first we call, all right? Oh yeah. And of course you can contact Brilliant. us at three TRPGpod at gmail.com and on all the social medias. And we would love to hear from you.
2: Mm. <laughs> what the fuck are you on today? I don't know,
1: man. I don't know why I've got a bit weird. I think I think it's I think it's lockdown. I think that's that's it I finally cracked. It's
2: finally kicking in. Yeah.
0: It's like it's like how you when you're online you'd say things you'd never say to people in person. <laughs> That's what it's like
1: because I know I'm not within punching distance of either of you. Exactly. Yeah, like <laughs> you just have to save them
2: up and give them when when we when we meet up. I'll send them via email, mate. <laughs> Shit. Oh, dear.
1: That's the scariest thing of all. You couldn't. That couldn't happen in Deadlands, but in Deadlands, Croydon, it could. Get a punch in an email. <laughs> yeah, you open it up and you get right punch.exe. Right <laughs> What's yeah. this? Click, click. <laughs> Ow! <laughs> <laughs> right. That's actually quite oh, a good dear. idea
2: really really is. Right.
1: I've been Harrison Hunt I've been Nick Lambslice I've been special guest Owen Lean And remember that D20s are cool But 20Ds, now that's a good
0: time Yeah I miss <laughs> Chicken McBosh <laughs> <laughs>